Dear God, thank you for an awesome night. Thank you for incredible weather. Thank you for soft blankets and balloons. And for every single person that's here, whether this be their first time or their hundredth time, I pray that you would uh, help us to remember that you are here with us and that you would uh, get me out of the way as we hear your word and that you would open our hearts, minds, and ears to it. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So typically... Uh, on dinner and a message, nights like these, we usually work out of a theme for the year. And our theme for the year is this thing called story time, but it's MAGA takeover. And so I can do whatever I want because I have the microphone and no one can stop me. And so we're not doing that tonight. Instead, I'm going to tell y'all about my week. See, I've had a really great week. Um, for those, Thank you. For those that don't know, uh, for the past couple of years, I've been living in Atlanta, and I've been commuting, and like, oh, it's, ooh, it's rough. Um, but this weekend, uh, my parents came and helped me move out of my apartment in Atlanta, so I am here full-time now. Y'all have no idea how much of that, a blessing that is for me. Like, it's, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be back in Athens and living here. Ah, it's so great. Uh, so that was great, and I uh, did lesson plans for my Bible, and my Bible study, not my Bible, <laughs> um, and we made preparations for this, so it's been a really great week, but it's also been really busy. Um, show of hands, who else has had a busy week this week? Yeah, wow, all, almost all of us, imagine. Um, I get that, it's a busy time of year. Now, here's another question, and maybe this one's a little scarier for a lot of us. How many of us have felt like it's been a busy time of year for like a while now? Yeah, 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 I figured. It's a lot of us. It just seems like life just keeps going and stuff just keeps happening. We don't have time to catch our breath. I get that. I, I definitely get that. We all have things that demand our attention and take up our time. Uh, and that might be for a lot of a school or a job or a relationship, I'm just saying. Sometimes that can take up a lot of time or keeping up with world events. There's a lot of stuff. And as a minister, I often hear when I ask students how they're doing, I hear the same thing. So like Family Feud, we asked 100 college students, like top five answers on the board. How are you doing? Tired, stressed, anxious, busy, burnt out. Anyone feeling any of those right now? Yeah, yeah, I get it. And look, it's okay to recognize that we're feeling that way. You know, we have to be connected to our bodies. We should be to know what it needs. And honestly, it makes a ton of sense why y'all would feel that way. There's a lot of stuff demanding your time and energy and attention. And with that being said, I recognize that in this moment that I am demanding your time and energy and attention. And I am so thankful that you are all here with me and that you are all present um, and I hope that this can be a low-stress thing, and maybe, just maybe, something fun. Uh, we'll talk about more of that in a minute. But still, so much is being asked of you, particularly from your academics. See, I'm not much of a statistics guy, like history is my thing. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's where me and Donnie, um, what's the word, we compliment each other because he's the math guy and I'm the history guy, it's great. Uh, but the other day I was looking on UGA's website and some of the stuff I saw was crazy to me. So listen to this. This year's incoming freshman class 
had an average SAT score of 1,400, an average ACT score of 33, an average high school GPA of 4.10, which I didn't even know was possible. I thought it only went up to four. So, yeah, crazy, right? And here's, here's the one that really got me. Out of the entire UGA body, student body, about 5%, so that's about 800 people, probably more, were either first or second in their graduating class. So like valedictorian, salutatorian, crazy, right? And that's incredible. Like we should celebrate that because that shows a lot of hard work and like that's really awesome. But I also see just from students based off of those statistics, I see a lot of challenges that something like that can pose for them. So yeah, I see students who value achievement and academic success, and that's great, but they value it so much that it becomes the most important thing to them, to the point where passing a test is given the same regard as parting the Red Sea. I see students who are ambitious and want to work to make sure that they have the best possible outcome for their future, but that means they're racked with anxiety over making every perfect decision possible, constantly weighing the pros and cons of every choice, every interaction, every possibility of how to spend the night. And I see students who are hardworking, but in the struggle to make ends meet, sacrifice their physical and mental health to ensure that they can make rent this month. And let's be clear on that last point, that there are larger institutional problems which makes that struggle worse. And so this is not me blaming anyone for that. That's not a bad thing. That's the system that we live in, as corrupt as it is, and I'm sorry for that. But it's a reality. But I hope you see a pattern here, because for many of us, our lives are consumed by work, and it's all the stresses and the pursuit of those things that we value and strive for. It can seem as though it's all we have. Our work has a monopoly on our time and our energy and our attention. It's what we have based the meaning of our lives around. That's a problem. So what gives meaning to our lives? That might be a weird question to hear. It's definitely a weird question to ask. It almost feels like a fake question because it's like, what are you going to answer it with? Work? School? Identity? And some of us might have the obvious answer, well, Jesus gives my life meaning, duh, Brandon. That's great. You've beaten me to my point. Gold star, hang on to that. We're going to get there. <laughs> so yes, Jesus and all he did for us in his love give our life meaning. But what about everything else? Does it have a part to play in the construction of the meaning of our lives? Well, yes and no. We're going to get to that. So tonight we are going to look at a book in the Bible that we don't talk about a whole lot. Uh, that's my goal for this year, is getting to talk about books in the Bible we don't talk a lot about. Uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but tonight we're looking at the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, this is a short little book. It's found in the Old Testament, or as I prefer to call it, the First Testament, because old connotates outdated for a lot of us, which, if you've been joining us for the past couple of weeks, is far from the truth. It is not outdated, it is not old, it is the first. Um, historical context stuff, because you know I always got to talk about that. Uh, the word Ecclesiastes is a Latin translation of the pen name of the author. Uh, the Hebrew word for this author is Kohelet, or Koheleth sometimes. It means gatherer or acquirer. Now, this gatherer 
we hear, they're going to get a little introduction from them at the beginning of the book, identifies themselves as the son of David, king of Jerusalem. And so what this means is that people often think that this means that the author of this book is King Solomon. You know, the wise guy who thought that, like, cutting a baby in half was a good idea? Yeah, that guy. (laughs) Um, It's probably not him, but we can definitely imagine that it was him writing it. Solomon was a gatherer of many things, riches, land, honor. The guy had a lot. He had almost everything. And we're about to hear what he thinks of his life after having it all. Um, So Ecclesiastes, also a really cool thing. Um, Scholars lump this book together with the books of Proverbs and Job into a genre that they call wisdom literature. They call it that because it has a lot of wisdom in it. (laughs) It's pretty cool. You should check it out. Um, And they each give a reflection on what it means to be human and where we fit in with God and the rest of creation. So we're going to hear from this gatherer. Um, They have it all. It sounds like super successful guy, probably have a lot to say about life. A little like, uh, what's that musical? How to succeed in business without really trying? Yeah, that was a niche joke just for me. (laughs) 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 I used to be a theater major, so. Thank you. Ah, yeah. Theater people, I love it. (laughs) I'm glad you all are here. All right, so. Let's take a look at what this guy is about to say. And you know, I wonder why we don't read Ecclesiastes more often. Let's see. This is how it starts. Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Ah, that's why. It's kind of a downer way to start your book. What does this mean, all is vanity? The Hebrew word here is hevel, which means vapor. So everything is vapor. Everything is impermanent. Everything is ungraspable. Everything is, dare I say it, meaningless. It's kind of a scary thing to think about. Let's keep reading. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has already been in the ages before us. The people of long ago are not remembered nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. So, very poetic language here. There's nothing new under the sun. The people from long ago are not remembered, nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. We're brought into the world, we live our brief lives, and then we're gone, and the world keeps turning. It's something we might not think about a whole lot, or maybe for some of us, this is something you think about a lot. And there's that question of, how do I make the most of my time? If everything is impermanent, maybe even meaningless, and our time is short, what are we going to do? See, our our author was dealing with the same question. It's a question that transcends humanity. And they tried to work through the things that could make their lives meaningful. Uh, Later on in the book, They talk about the pursuit of wisdom and the accumulation of treasures and the success of their work, but in the end, it is all the same. It is vanity, vapor, nothing. The text says, What do mortals get from all the toil and strain with which they toil under the sun? For all their days are full of pain, and their work is a vexation. Even at night, their minds do not rest. This also is vanity. Might sound a little familiar to some of us, yeah? Might be how we're feeling right now. 
but we do get a small little bit of optimism from our reader. What is the one thing that might be meaningful? What is the one thing? It says, there is nothing better for mortals than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in their toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God, for apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? But this too is vanity. It's kind of a downer. I know we were having so much fun with the balloons earlier, and now we're here. Sorry, y'all. I promise it gets better. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Because even though that last part is vanity still, nothing, vapor, here's the cool thing about like studying the Bible, which I get to do and I'm really happy about, is when things are repeated, it often means that's very important. You know, like the youth pastor thing where, like, the youth pastor would say something and then he would repeat it, and it's like, ah, like, this is the thing I should take away. Well, Ecclesiastes is going to do it for us, too, because in the next chapter, we get the same thing repeated. It says, I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. See, in a world where everything is impermanent, in which everything we could hope for or strive for cannot be fully attained or give ourselves meaning, the thing that we can take pleasure in is in enjoying ourselves. In other words, having fun. Ah, it's almost as if there was a theme for tonight. Have you ever thought about fun as a gift from God? It might not be high up on our list of things God gives as a gift. And you might think about grace or peace or liberation, all things that are a gift from God. But fun doesn't quite seem like it's God's business to be fun. Well, why not? I mean, if we believe that God is good and all good things come from God, then why can't we envision a God of fun in addition to a God of love or a God of mercy? See, fun is a necessary part of life that we need in order to live well. So many studies have shown that college students who do not have a social life and only focus on their work are more likely to burn out. Take it from someone that did burn out. You got to have fun in your life. Fun is as important as getting enough sleep and eating good food. Y'all are getting enough sleep and eating good food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe just something to consider. I'm just saying. <laughs> And here's the thing, when we think about fun as a gift from God, it gives us permission to receive it. Because the great thing about gifts is you don't have to have done anything to get it. Gifts are given freely by people who love us. That's God. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to earn it. All we have to do is accept it and give thanks and sometimes share it. And we can have that with fun, too. Now, this doesn't mean that fun will instantaneously happen to us. We have to intentionally seek it out. It's like kids looking under the Christmas tree for their gifts. They look for the gift of fun. We have to seek out fun in the opportunities presented to us in our daily lives and in the tiny things that we do every day. We have a whole weekend of fun stuff to do. If you're not sure what to do or where to start with having fun, come to the house this weekend. Come anytime. Our jobs are boring sometimes. We do office work. It's terrible. Let me play a game with you. I'm just saying. You can do other fun things in your waking hours. You know, 
Ah, I lost my place. <laughs> it, I know, I know. Grace abounds here, it's fine. It might be an invitation to do something with a friend, or it might be while you're making dinner. Work can be fun. Shocker. Listen to your favorite song while you cut your carrots. Dance in the kitchen. Talk to yourself in a funny voice. And here's the thing. Fun doesn't have to be an extravagant trip or something expensive. Fun doesn't have to cost anything at all. It might be a walk around the block or playing a board game with a friend or playing a board game with your favorite graduate assistant. <laughs> just, just, ah. it's, a, it's okay. She's my favorite graduate assistant, too. You can be amateurs at fun things. You don't have to be perfect at it. Write sappy poetry no one will ever see. Draw stick figures. Take a million pictures of a telephone pole and post it on Instagram. Make art. Because when you make art, you're imitating the artist who made you. Ah, you like that one? Enjoy a cup of coffee in the morning. And better yet, enjoy a cup of coffee with someone you love. Don't let fun just be scrolling on your phone. Your phone has too much anxiety stuff on it anyway. Listen to this one. This is probably the most important point I have. Have fun when you don't feel like having fun, especially when you don't feel up to it. Have fun when you're anxious. Have fun when you're depressed. Have fun when you're numb. Make the choice to have fun. Because fun is more than about feeling happy. Feelings are temporary. Have fun because it is good for you. Have fun like it is prescribed to you by your doctor. I'm serious. It helps. I know. <laughs> now, I know what some of you are thinking. I don't have time for fun. I'm too busy. And the exception to the rule, I can keep plugging away because I'm on the hashtag grind set. <laughs> I, had to break, I had to break it to Donnie what the hashtag grind set was. And for once, I was not the old man in the room. It was great. <laughs> I love you, Donnie. <laughs> He's shaking his head at me. You might say to yourself, I don't have time. You have time. You have time for anything if it means enough to you. Does a gift from God mean enough to you to make it a priority? Or are you too busy studying for OCHEM? Look, I'm not saying that you should completely give up on school. Because hear me when I say school is important because learning in itself is good. Ah, yeah, fellow teacher. <laughs> and it's training you to pursue your purpose and your passions. But it can't be all there is to your life. The most famous line from Ecclesiastes says this. You might have heard it. It says, for everything there is a season, and a time of life for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There's time to work. We can't forget about that. But that also means that there's time for fun. And you are all in a time of life where there's lots of available time for fun. Take it from a grown-up who's been living in the real world, whatever that means, for a while. 
Life gets more serious as an adult. There's bills to pay and taxes and insurance. And oh my God, why are there so many different types of insurance? It's terrible. <laughs> Renter's insurance? Get out of here. All right. And look, I realize that some of y'all have those things too. I realize that life gets serious for a lot of us sometimes. But you're young. You're not married yet. You don't have kids. You don't have a house, mortgage. You have freedom to do what you want. Use it now. Enjoy being a college student. It's good advice. And look, for some of us, this might seem like a low-stakes talk. It's like, have fun. Got it. Okay, thanks, Brandon. I'm going to get my mug from the welcome corner and head out. But, but here's the thing. In today's world, fun is an act of resistance. And that's the cool thing about Christianity. It's the reason that I stay a Christian. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. It's one of the things that keeps me a Christian. <laughs> I also really love that Jesus guy. That's the number one reason. He's great. But, oh, I'm going to hear about that in staff meeting tomorrow. That's fine. <laughs> but this is the cool thing about Christianity is that when it's done right, Christianity is a religion of resistance against the powers and principalities of this world which seek to marginalize, oppress, and dehumanize the most vulnerable. And those powers and principalities are at work in our lives too. They tell us we're only as good as how productive we are, or how useful we are, how much we can achieve, how much we exert ourselves in our work. That's what the world tells us. And Jesus tells us the exact opposite. We are worthy and good because we are children of God, fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image, no matter who we are or what we do. See, success and meaning comes from a life well lived, and we can do that in one way, by accepting the gift of fun that God has given to us. So tonight is a little different. Uh, this is a shorter talk, so I want to finish up by, by giving us a challenge. We love challenges TikTok that's like a thing on TikTok right they do challenges it's not a TikTok challenge i promise that <laughs> this week oh man now i'm the old man in the room that's fine that's fine this week do one fun thing it can be anything i don't care what it is play a board game cook a new dish read your bible hang out with a friend just do something with the intention of having fun with it and I want to hear about it. So when you do it, post on your Instagram story and tag UGA underscore CCF. Or put it in our group chat. Actually do both if you're in both of those things. And give it the hashtag God of Fun. Because we worship a God of Fun. I believe in all of you. Y'all can do it. I'd love to see what y'all do. And keep doing it. Do it every day, something small, something big. Have fun every single day of your life. Because when everything else is vapor, God is real. And the things that come from God are good. All right? That's all I got.